News Talk Lunchtime with Jonathan Healy. In association with Aircom. Guaranteeing big savings for your business with a landline, broadband and mobile bundle. Kevin Cullen of the Boston Globe, good afternoon to you. I'm very well, Kevin. This week, uh, President Obama, there was an important speech he gave to military and political leaders talking about a new directive saying that drone strikes would only be limited to cases where the target represented a continuing and imminent threat to the US. So a bit of a shift in policy. But when he was trying to make this a speech and this major change, the first since the fall of the World Trade Center, really, and the significant shift in counterterrorism after that, he was heckled a lot by an activist from group Code Pink. Let's have a listen. So today, once again, today, I'm about to address it, ma'am, but you got you got to let me speak. I'm about to address it. Let me address it. Why don't you let me address it, ma'am? Why don't you sit down and I will tell you exactly what I'm going to do. All he was short to say is, why don't you shut the heck up, lady? That was good heckling. It was, but he also, as he was trying, he really was addressing her concerns. She just wouldn't let him talk, so. I don't think you could have got I got her to sit down no matter what. Um, but that's what <laughs> but, but was her frustration shared by a lot of others, Kevin? Or it, well, you know, mm-hmm. too many people care about Guantanamo Bay and drone strikes and everything else. Because you know, when we talk mm-hmm. about it, you seem to sometimes suggest that the vast majority of Americans, because they aren't necessarily domestic matters around the pressing agenda, uh, don't really care. I think I think there's a real strong element of truth to that. I think most Americans don't care. I think most Americans are not informed. I also think this administration has been purposely opaque about this. We don't know what's really going on. But, you know, obviously, Obama was elected in 2008, and one of his platforms was to close Guantanamo. The people that voted for him wanted him to close it. They wanted to normalize the whole, uh, get, get, the, get the, the system of interrogating suspected terrorists under the, the jurisdiction of our, our courts. There are rights for them, and there are rights for everybody. And it, it, it it's it's a dodgy thing, and I know that people. Um, and and I, I've had arguments with Irish friends about this. I'm, I'm, you know, I said, listen, throughout the troubles, you guys had the special criminal courts, and they were completely different than the way criminals who stole stuff on Fear Street was were treated. So, all societies have trouble with these things. It's not uniquely American. When you're presented with people that want to kill you for these reasons, it's very hard to fit that into a democracy. And the Americans are still struggling with this. But I, I must say, I must add that, uh, Jonathan, that, you know, like I said, Ireland had its criminal courts. The north of Ireland had its diplomatic courts. Um, I would imagine if you're a suspected terrorist in Pakistan, you are not handled the same way you would be treated as an, an ordinary decent criminal. These are very difficult things for, for societies. Yeah, but a lot of the, to, not wishing to defend anything that might have happened in this country, if something happened in Ireland, you were most likely in Ireland. You weren't brought from another country and thrown onto the corner of Cuba. Yeah, well, maybe because you guys couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> most things in this country, yeah. I, most I things are a resource issue. We're glad we've taken, taken the boys to, to Algeria and do what they wanted to do with them, believe me. Because like I said, I think, I, I think we really do go down a weird path when we suggest this is uniquely American. I do not think it is. I think it's unique to uh, open and democratic society trying to struggle with these issues. And, and nobody seems to me to get it right. And 
and we and I wish more Americans were upset about Guantanamo. I wish more Americans were upset about the whole idea of uh, the suspension of habeas corpus and and and, and uh, moving all this, moving people to different countries. The rendition, which, as far as I know, it doesn't happen anymore. But it, these things are not nice and easy. They are very hard yeah. to deal with. And I'll tell you, in, in the wake of terrorist attacks it makes it easier for governments to do whatever they want because people throw their hands up and say, these people are savages, do whatever you have to do. And that's, yeah, that's not, not good. Ultimately, that means the terrorist has won. Uh, can I just put exactly. a question to you about the J-1? We'll come to the J-1 just in a moment, but there's one particular J-1 student that's in hot water over an article she wrote. Tell us about that. Yeah, the young girl who wrote, um, she came over on a J-1, and the, the J-1 she was on expressly forbid her from working in bars. What basically what they did is when you, when you take that J-1, they don't want you working under the table, as so many young Irish kids do. I mean, that, frankly, most of the Irish kids I know in Boston will work in bars and restaurants. That's where they make money. Uh, this young lady was working for a website called Iris Central that's run by Nalo Dow, who's very famous Ireland and, well, American community here. Obviously, she was not making enough money as an intern there, and she started working in a bar in New York. But then she wrote about it. Uh, and basically what she did when she wrote about it, she, she explained that here I am flouting my J-1 visa. And the, the immigration center in Boston, it's called the Irish International Immigration Center, they basically wrote a letter and said, you need to leave the country. You are violating the terms that we operate under and you have to go. So it was bad on so many different fronts. First of all, it's just bad for this poor kid. She's just over here trying to make a few bobs. It's bad on the front that now you have the, as we are wont to do, uh, Jonathan, this is not another case of Irish stratified because you have Irish Central, the, the website, the Irish International Immigration Center. And yeah. uh, it, it, it's never pretty when the Irish start eating, it, eating each other. Uh, and what's going to happen to this, what's going to happen to this kid? Is she, is she now going home or what? Oh, Basically, I mean, the, you know, the Immigration Center, the, the like I said, the way it's pitched is that, that they, the immigration center turned her in. They publicly, well, they didn't publicly. The Irish uh, Central publicized this and put it on the website and say they did this to her. They sent her a letter saying, you violated the terms of the J-1, and we are contractually obligated to tell you, you need to go home now. Uh, really bad. Okay. A, that's, a that bad sounds situation. very unfair. And just on the J-1, the new immigration laws that are coming in, it's a yin and a yang. You're going to have something like 10,000 more visas for Irish workers every year. But as a consequence of that, they're going to reform the J-1. What would Boston be like with no J-1ers during the summer? Surely that's when the Irish influx starts to arrive in from uh, maybe around now. Well, instead of hearing accents from Dublin and Cork and Mayo, we could hear accents from Latvia, put it that way. They just wouldn't, the jobs would go elsewhere simple as that. I mean, and I got to say, it's, it's definitely fewer, and if you go down to Cape Cod, that's where the Irish kids really go in the summer. And even yeah. there, we did a story in the Globe about this last year or the year before. There's just far fewer Irish kids taking those jobs. Um, they tend, even the J-1ers, they, they tend to go elsewhere at this point. And, and part of it, I think, might be the economy here. Um, I know that down Cape Cod last year it was a much slower summer. And, you know, Irish kids are like you know, birds, they go with the money. They, 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 they're not dumb. They have a, a very short period of time to make a few bob between universities. So, um, I, I, you know, they're making it more complicated. If anything, anytime you get any government involved, involved in anything, it gets more complicated. It gets worse for the poor kids. 
So I'll be curious because I'm going to be on Martha's Vineyard uh, sometime during the summer, and I always do my informal uh, poll going around seeing how many Irish kids are there, and every year there seems to be fewer. Yeah. Of course, this all includes me going to every single licensed establishment on the island. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it, Jonathan. Speaking of breaking laws, not many of the J1ers are over the age of 21, which is the drinking age in Boston, yet they somehow always manage to find alcohol. Kevin Cullen of the Boston Globe, pleasure to talk to you, Kevin. Five three one zero six is the number for your messages if you want to get in contact with us. Let's go. News Talk Lunchtime with Jonathan Healy. In association with Aircom, delivering big savings across your business landline, broadband and mobile bills.